Welcome to Sandra Ray's Fiercely Spiritual Podcast. You're listening to episode number one. So you're very welcome to the Fiercely Spiritual Podcast with Sandra Ray. I'm here today with Debbie, who is the founder and owner of Angelic Connections. She's the author of a number of angelic healing programs, and she has recorded a number of guided angelic meditation albums, which I highly recommend. She runs a busy holistic school and healing center in Lucan in Dublin, and it's called The Heart Wings. And she teaches angelic energy healing, angel card readings, angelic crystal healing, and Reiki. And she also runs a weekly angelic meditation class in a number of locations in Dublin and Leeds. So you're very welcome. It's lovely to have you here today. And myself and Debbie go back a while. We have been friends for a number of years. And it's funny because we were just talking about how long we know each other. And Mm. I was saying I didn't have a clue. (laughs) You were saying it's about 10 years now? Yeah, about 10 years now, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, and time flies when you're having fun. Oh my God, it flies, literally. <laughs> yeah, and with the angels, the yeah. uh, angelic time as well. That's it. But yeah, we first met when we were starting to train with the angelic healing and yeah. crystals and all that type of thing. And we were beginning our journey and what a journey it's been because amazing journey so yeah, yeah yeah both of us that's what really I want to talk about today just a little bit about you know the highs and lows about spirituality about that what, what that has brought into our lives and just to allow people to just tune into you know what that mm. does for people and yeah. how connecting with the angels and your guides and the spiritual realms can benefit you and yeah just all of that good stuff. That, that's good stuff. We can go there, definitely, yeah. So what I want to ask, and I suppose it's not um, really something that you could define in a word or a sentence, but I'm going to ask you to do just that. <laughs> but no, it's to ask you about what defines your spiritual power, because of course you can't define it in a word or a sentence mm. because it's something so huge and something so amazing that it's more probably a feeling than anything else but Mm. if you were to how would you define it yes and that as you said yeah it's quite it's quite an individual experience for everybody but what I would say for myself anyway for my own experience would be um it's the ability to go inside um to the inner divine light or to in to the part of me and myself that is is always at peace as it were um and just to know that there is a divine intelligence that runs through us all. So not to get, for me, being in my power would be not getting, uh, or trying not to. It doesn't always work. But when things are falling apart or when I'm challenged or when stress is, is really, really a high factor in my life, it's remembering to reconnect with myself and to go right back inside and to make that connection to the part of me that understands that there is only a sense of peace and that everything else is, is an illusion. And that's not easy. Mm. That's very difficult to do. But there, it's when I can remember to do it and when I come back to it, that's when it really works for me. And I don't know if that's um, an interpretation of it, but that's how I would see it. So Yeah, you. and it's funny because I was just talking to a meditation group about this and I was saying about meditation and the power of it and what it is. And I was saying about you know, being mindful and being present in the moment Mm, and being aware 
and being non-judgmental. And I was saying, you know, in theory, all of that stuff is great. But when your kids are screaming, when chaos reigns and when everything about you is going nuts, it's like, can you be mindful? Can you be non-judgmental? Can you be in the moment? Yeah. And that's the hard part. And Sometimes you just, you can't. You've got to pull it back and go, mm. oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. And then hope, yeah. And I think it's really important for people to know that because sometimes when you see spiritual teachers and you see the level that they're at and you think, mm. oh, like, you know, how did they get to that point? How come they're so zen and amazing and all this? Yeah. But behind it, everybody is human as well as spiritual. And not everybody is Zen all the time. Exactly. You know, no matter who you are. And we're yeah. all here to experience different emotions yeah. and to experience the whole range of emotions. Mm. And it was funny, I read recently a thing that said, you didn't come here to be perfect. You're already perfect. You came here to experience all the other Absolutely. stuff, which I thought was really nice because yeah. often I find myself putting myself up um, not on pedestal, but trying to be perfect. Yeah. And it's not possible. No. Not all the time anyway. I can be perfect for you know the few minutes or um, be in that state of zen for that few minutes. And sometimes that's all that's needed mm. because after that, we can kind of just regain a little bit of composure, I think, Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. And just to be the best you can be. That's, mm. that's it. Like, and, mm. I mean, that, that depends on different individuals and, and their own path, but always trying to be as, as good as you can be. Mm. And you talk about different individuals at different paths and you know what I want to point out is everybody's on different paths Mm, and a lot of people when they step onto their spiritual path there's such a big learning curve and it's like where am I going what am I doing and I'd want to talk a little bit about that further on um, just to explain to people how to navigate that path a little Mm. bit Um, but first I wanted to ask you when you came to first, you know, open up to your spiritual power, um, like, was there something that activated it or was there a point that you were like, what is this? Or, yeah. you know, what happened or did anything happen? Oh, well, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting question. Um, at different points in my life, I had been aware of, of, of something. I just never knew how to verbalize it or how to connect with it. And, and because of the way my life was at the time, I wasn't probably in a position to follow through with it. And then about 13 years ago, um, my daughter was very, very young. She's only a very, very new baby. And coming up to that point in my life, particularly through my 20s, it had been very, very challenging. I had a lot of chaos and stress and been quite overwhelmed and, and had found it quite difficult to cope for a long period of time. I'd been very low in myself and... Um, was probably overcompensating in different areas of my life. And I just knew I wasn't able to continue as I, as I had been. It, life was just crazy. And I had to take into account I was raising a little girl by myself and had a lot of other things going on, very, very stressful jobs. So I was told about these breathing techniques um, for stress. And I didn't know I was meditating at the time. In fact, I don't know would I have done it because I didn't know anything about that. So, um, But I did know that I was very, very stressed. I was very overwhelmed and I needed to do something. So I started these breathing exercises and within a matter of days, things changed for me. Um, but the first thing that struck me was a sense of peace inside that I'd never had before. It was like the first time in my life that I wasn't alone inside. Um, and I just knew that that was such an invaluable way of feeling that I never wanted to let it go. 
So although I struggled with the breathing exercise, they weren't easy to do initially. It was just to try and sit still and not to think was the hardest thing I've ever managed <laughs> at that point to do. But um, I persevered and that was the beginning. That I never forget it, that sense of peace that grew and grew and grew over time um, and kind of started to lead me from the inside out. And that was the beginning mm. for me. And it's funny because when you're describing that person who was stressed and overwhelmed mm. and it seems like so different to the person you are today. I can't mm. even imagine that person, no, no. Um, which is funny because I know you as this, you know, mm peaceful happy yeah. uh, connected person and spiritual person so yeah it's funny to see how far you've come and it's also lovely to hear when you say about you knew that you weren't alone for the first time yeah that, that was, was a very strong feeling <clears throat> I never had it before and it was because I, I never realized I felt lonely before at that point and even though I had loads of friends and a brilliant brilliant family still have an amazing family um, and good people in my life I when, I, when I had that sense of peace inside or that sense of, it was, I can't even define it. It was just a sense of love. Um, I realized I hadn't felt it before and I'd never left. Um, I suppose I transformed at that point or started that, that process of transformation uh, from the other life, a life I'll never go back to, to where I am now. Um, and it was invaluable. But it was, the, for me, it was the meditation, those breathing exercises for stress. That was what that was what did it for me. Mm. And I might talk to you a bit later about those breathing exercises, yeah. just to get a few more details because people might be interested. Um, but I think it's really important to note as well that that sense of peace, a lot of people when they start, start doing meditation or breathing practices, they don't feel that. No. And no. they just I realize have that the now mind. After <laughs> yeah. years of teaching it, I realize that. Yes. And the <clears throat> mind can be really active and yes. it can be actually quite unpleasant because it's very hard to sit with yourself Some, sometimes if, particularly a lot of people do that uh, I know I was one of them for years in that I would do anything but sit quietly and sit still because those thoughts they would just hound me I spent my life in my past or worrying about my future I wasn't present in my body I didn't want to be so I used to do anything and everything to fill my time but it was all it was doing was taking me further and further away from that sense of peace I was craving so um and I won't, I, I, it's not, it wasn't like at the very beginning, those breathing exercises, they weren't easy. They were the most difficult thing I ever did was sit quietly and close my eyes because as I said to you, the thoughts, the feelings, the overwhelming urges of, of not being happy in myself came. The first thing that came at me was those, but I noticed, I persevered through them. Um, and I noticed after when I finished how I would feel and that was what I was after mm. that sense I think I was more than ready because life had been that challenging that at, at a few times before I started this process I really wasn't in a good place and so I needed to find somewhere or find something that could bring me back into myself mm. you know so yeah and it's that sense of busyness that you talk about yeah. that everybody is just filling their lives with busyness mm. and they think well if I get one more thing or if I do one more thing or if I achieve one more thing then I'll be happy yeah. and as you said sitting and closing your eyes is the hardest thing oh god yeah <laughs> but at the yeah. end of the day it's the greatest re reward the greatest well. reward and something to persevere at because initially you may not see anything from it I mean I, I was trying to meditate or do these breathing exercises although I felt it personally a difference I wasn't getting it not the way I would have liked to have got it. Um, 18 months it took me 
18 months to be able to sit for more than two minutes with my eyes closed. Now, I didn't have any teachers at the time. I didn't have anyone to tell me. All I knew was I, I was this sense of peace. I wanted to build on it and I wanted to explore it. Um, and some days I didn't get it. Some weeks I didn't get it. But inevitably, I just, I, had a, I just had this perseverance. I just wanted to continue and I followed through on what I felt because it was the only thing that worked for me. Um, but it's, not, it's something that you've got to develop and it will take time. It doesn't happen. There's very few people will sit down, close their eyes and go straight into a deep meditation. Most of us have to develop a practice of it. Most of us have to persevere. Um, and if you make it, it's, it's like this, if you place it, in an important part of your life. If you can build a routine around it, like you wouldn't imagine not having your breakfast. If you could put it in before your breakfast or in after your tea at night time, before you go to bed, it's a really good time to do it as well. The more important a place you place it in your life and the more important um, a, 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 a program that you build for yourself, the more you're going to see. And it's not only, uh, for, for me, it was a sense of peace, but that led on to many, many things. And physically, as well, I struggled with physical ailments. I was on medication for my tummy and I had terribly, terrible migraines. I used to get sinusitis. And after three months, all of my, <clears throat> my physical symptoms cleared. Um, I never had to take the medication again. So for me, it really it was a way my body dealt with stress. It allowed me to deal with stress that way as opposed to letting it physically come out in the body. Mm. And <clears throat> I think sometimes we forget as well that our bodies when they display symptoms, it's sometimes just bringing our awareness that we need to be more aware. Yeah. And we try to cover up the symptoms with painkillers or with medicine or other things. And all the time, it's just our body saying, please pay attention. Yeah, please be aware. I need a break. Yes. I need you to process this. I need you to, to look at this. I need you to, to rest this part of you mm. or whatever it might be. Yeah, it's so important. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to talk about spiritual gifts as well because people listening might think, oh, well, you know, she's a special connection to the angels or she has, you know, some sort of special gift or, you know, there's something different that you have that other people maybe don't have. So I want to ask you, does everybody have spiritual gifts? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, and I've been teaching uh, the guide, med like as yourself, the meditations for years now, um, energy healing systems like Reiki, angelic crystal healing, psychic development. And what I have found is everybody has a gift, regardless of, I mean, it, the difference will be, have you explored it? Have you tried to develop it? Are you aware of it? But everybody has a gift. Like, everyone can sing. Uh, some people have an amazing voice, natural, amazing voice, but everybody can sing. And it's the same with spiritual gifts. Not everybody's going to be clairvoyant or clairaudient, claircognitant, but everybody has an ability that they can develop within themselves. Um, and it's something that can be brought on very, very easily. Uh, in some cases, some people will, will have to work it in a period, for a period of time. But... And once again, it comes back to meditate. For me, it comes back to meditation. And that's how I teach people to develop their gifts is through meditation. Mm. And it's, it might sound unusual and maybe that, that people don't realize that this is a doorway in. Um, for, for so many reasons, meditation is brilliant. But for one of them, it's to, to allow your own natural intuitive abilities to come to the fore. And for some people, your natural intuitive abilities are something as simple as having an inner sense of what's right for you and what's not right for you. And that's a very powerful gift to have, 
to know if something feels like I really feel that person or that situation feels right for me or maybe that inside me I feel that this is not the right thing. That's an invaluable tool to have and meditation will help to that to grow and to evolve so you can really trust in it more and more. Mm. And it's such an important thing because I find, <clears throat> and it's still a learning process for me, mm. that when I would lead from the mind, when I would analyze things and work at things out without consulting my intuition, without going within and asking for guidance, that yeah, I can get things done and I can go down certain paths, but usually solutions come up if I consult my intuition mm. that I'd never thought of or new things come up that just weren't on my radar and it's like oh I can do it this way or oh I don't even have to do that at all yeah. or you know just it's like just it opens up a whole new world oh, absolutely it's amazing because when when you're meditating when you're going deep and I know I keep going on about it but I just feel it's so important for anybody that's developing themselves. It's a tool. It's something you can do that lets you go in, that lets you naturally heal from the inside out and to hear your own inner guidance, the guidance of your, your healing team, um, and even just to decipher what feels right for you. Because meditation for me, it not only opened up my gifts, because I wasn't working with myself. I wasn't always like, as I said, you know, earlier in my life I was very stressed and things weren't working out. And the last Thing I thought I would be would be a spiritual teacher. Mm. I never thought that this was the path I was on until I started meditation. Um, so it, it does so much more than just activate your gifts. It allows you to find who you are inside. It allows you to peel back the layers of maybe things that you've chosen to absorb or believe that maybe through society or through experiences in your life to really and truly um, explore who you are inside. And what makes you happy? And what do you want to follow? And where do, you, where, where do you feel guided to go with your life? And that's what it does. And by doing that, yes, your intuitive and, and spiritual gifts will open. And if it's part of your path to bring them into other people's lives or to, to bring them into your own, you will be, it'll be very apparent to you when you're doing your own work. You know? And it's a good point because sometimes it's not that people have to teach or you know be spiritual teachers mm. it can just be for their own absolute use Absolutely. and for their own lives and for their own benefit and their families um opening up to your spiritual gifts isn't about necessarily going off and teaching although you can yeah. Yeah. if that's what you feel drawn to do but it's a huge benefit on a personal level, yeah. if nothing else. Oh, absolutely. And I have a lot of clients in the corporate world, as you do, um, in different areas of society. They're running their own businesses. They're their homemakers, whatever they would be. And they use these, these gifts uh, within themselves to develop and heal within themselves and also then to help and support and just to be a shining light within their own communities and in their own lives. Mm. And it is amazing because that, if you think of how the world is evolving, that is so necessary. Do you know, and you, we need people that are going about every day doing what they do um, and working on themselves and then also working of supporting others to do the same. So if somebody wants to start opening up to their spiritual gifts, do, is meditation the key to oh, open yeah. that door? For, well, I'm only speaking from my own experience. Um, and from my experience, absolute meditation, or I know some people love mantras or chanting or whatever it is you do, Yoga is actually brilliant as well for, for the whole body um, as well. Um, 
um, meditation would be the key and it would be so important this is my recommendation from my own experience is to develop a practice and to continue that practice to persist with it because life will challenge you as, as life always does or things happen and so at times you're not going to feel like you're going to want to meditate or you're going to be um, maybe pulled into different things and different areas of your life um, and to come back and remember to come back to do your practice and that's really what will help you because when as I said to you before when you're doing your meditation when you're allowing yourself to relax it's like having a shower for your mind so you couldn't I know I couldn't imagine getting up in the morning and going out out to work or, or wherever I go without brushing my teeth and, and you know putting clean clothes on and washing myself and when you think day to day, a lot of people will go through their days, day after day, they'll never have processed what they may have heard or seen or experienced. They may just carry it day after day. And so when you're doing the meditation, you're allowing yourself to release the layers of stress and disillusionment and fear that you may have absorbed or be carrying. And by doing that, you're allowing yourself to reconnect to your natural intuitive gifts, which are held in your in your um in your body, in your consciousness. Um, and the more work you do, the more you go back into that real authentic version of yourself, the part of you that is within, that is, is not drawn into or dragged into the experiences of the outer world. Yeah, and it's a great analogy. I use that same analogy of the shower. Yeah. It's something that everybody can relate to. And when you think about, you know, scrubbing yourself in the shower, I think meditation is like a spiritual scrub. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is, you get yeah. to just cleanse your yeah. mind, body and spirit. Um, and I think people have this view of meditation of, you know, a monk sitting in the lotus position mm-hmm. and being all zen. And it's not really about that. It no. can be done anywhere, anywhere and at any time. And if people listening are interested, you know, Debbie teaches classes and you can go to her if you want to open up to that. So I'll put a link to her website at um, the end so that you can access this as well. And I know a lot of people say to me, they're like, oh yeah, but I've tried meditation or I've tried this or I tried that and it just doesn't work for me or I'm blocked and I can't open up spiritually or there's some reason that they think that they can't open up yeah. to their gifts. So what would you say to those people? And that's a good question. Um, a lot of my experience with people that would be a, a blocked um, or feel that they're blocked would be that maybe there's a little bit of fear. Maybe they're a little bit afraid of their gifts or what they might perceive, see or feel or experience. Or maybe as younger people, they've had experiences. A lot of children actually have a lot of experiences um, that were not nurtured and, and, um, and maybe they were afraid of, or, or didn't understand it. So um, what I always would, would suggest, once again, well, there's a few things you can do. If you are aware that you have a gift and for some reason you're afraid of it or you don't know how to interpret it or how to explore it, um, certainly consider contacting a spiritual healer and um, to talk to them about it. And maybe sometimes they can, they can help you to release any fears that you may be holding in relation to that. Um, if you were just very, very maybe um, interested in developing your gifts and just didn't know how to, once again, like a broken record and went back to meditation. So, um, and, and the reason being is that a lot of the time is, is all you need is time. You just need to give yourself time to maybe release anything that may have a fear, um, a belief, 
um, whatever it might be that may have caused you to close your intuitive abilities or, or um, be a little bit afraid of them, give yourself time. I would suggest that you don't push through, to push yourself through if you're feeling very blocked or scared about your gifts. You give it time. You nurture and nurture. There's a reason you're feeling that way. You may have had an experience. You may have, have absorbed a belief about them that, you know, our society does not really nurture or encourage us to be intuitive and to develop ourselves. So um, we're, a lot of the time we have to just become uh, more connected to ourselves and certainly seek out like-minded people as well. That's a really good one. I mean, if I'm having a low day, I just pick up the phone, give a friend a ring or, you know, um, ch check in with someone. And often that will be enough just to, to pick me up again. But in relation to, the, I know I'm going off the, top, <laughs> off the topic again with the gifts, but um, certainly consider there's, if it's a thing that you feel blocked or maybe you have a gift and you're afraid of it, certainly look into um, having support with releasing any fears that you have. And that's something that I would strongly strongly suggest and also for those that are looking to develop their gifts or really um looking to to develop their meditation practices crystals are really good and i'd highly recommend you working with crystals amethyst crystal in particular because it's my favorite i'm going to mention it amethyst is an amazing crystal for developing your intuitive abilities and also connecting with the angelic realms and i always suggest and, and particularly when you're working through blocks of fear um, I will always work with the angels when I'm doing any kind of spiritual work. That's just the way I do it. Not, not everybody will have that way of being. Um, but particularly Amethyst is really good for working with the archangels and um, also for bringing a sense of protection and support around you, particularly if you're afraid, if you fear about something, or if you're trying to give up a pattern or a limiting belief, Amethyst is really good as well. So holding that in your hand when you're trying to meditate, Amethyst can help to stop and calm a chattering mind as well. So just to bear that in mind. Mm, yeah, it's a really good point. Yeah. And um, you touched on children. And it's funny because my two boys last night when they were going to bed, they found some crystals and just tumble stones that I had. And one of them said, oh, can I bring one up to my bedroom to put under my pillow? Because he saw I had one under my pillow. Yeah. And uh, I said, sure. So he brought one up. And then, of course, the two of them had to bring up one. But they put them under the pillow. And um, I just thought it was so nice. And for children, it's lovely. Yeah, it it can really help them. Yeah. And I'd love to talk more about children. It's probably another podcast yes. in itself. Um, but the thing I wanted to mention about um, you know, people learning and meditation... Like I've had people come to my meditation classes from all backgrounds, all walks of life. And it, I think it's so lovely that more and more people are opening up to it. And I know a lot of people are coming because they're stressed and they have tried other things and they're like, oh, well, I might as well try this. But the good thing is when they do come, they may, it may be their last resort. But they're like, oh, this works. Yeah. And they get that realization. And maybe it's that they need to open up more spiritually as well and that's the reason that they're there but what I wanted to talk about is so for people listening maybe they've already tried meditating and maybe they're kind of becoming aware of some of their spiritual gifts and how would you recommend that they use those gifts or that they nurse them if they've already discovered some sort of gift yeah. if they're finding they're maybe clairaudient or clairvoyant or clair sentient or whatever is coming up um 
how can they use that for themselves or for other people in their lives? Mm, that's, that's another, thank you. Um, basically, first of all, well, I, I, from my own experience when I opened up, when I opened up quite quickly with my gifts, all of a sudden, um, and the first thing I wanted to do was to heal the world. <laughs> and I was very much, I wanted to help everybody and everything. And what I would say is I discovered quite quickly, I got quite drained and tired. The first thing I'd say is look after yourself. So from my own experience, you'd only bring someone as far as you've actually gone yourself. So this path is about firstly developing yourself um, and, and your own gifts to heal any part of you that maybe to work through things about somebody or something that may have happened or something you're working through at this time. So certainly allow the gifts to support you and your own inner development and your own healing, whatever needs to be healed. And everybody has something that, that could do a bit more support or could do with a little bit of forgiveness or whatever it might be. Um, so that would be the first thing. Look after yourself. Get the, and sh always ensure that you're supporting yourself. It's um, a really good point. Oh yeah, but that, that like I've learned so many times that I, I you know, as, as a healer and a teacher as yourself, we have to look after ourselves and we have to put ourselves first. And, and sometimes we're not really good at that because we're not really encouraged to be that way in, in society. So certainly look after yourself. Um, and then depending on where it is your gift might lie um i always suggest if, if there's something going on in your life that may be challenging you or you're struggling with um to send positive love to it or light and that's very very simple to do it would be just to work with if there's a if there's a being that you have to, if there's an archangel you work with if there is an ascended master a saint whoever you can connect strongly with to work with them and just to if something is causing you to be fretful or, or anxious or overly afraid, to, to ask for support and sending positive light to that. Particularly if it feels that you're being pulled into an old drama or stress or something, a pattern that keeps repeating itself. This is when you will find that your gifts will come into their fore, in that you will be able, with support of course, be able to maybe radiate a, a sense of positive, positivity around something that needs a little bit extra love. And that, yeah, that's lovely. And it's a lovely practice to do. Mm. Um, and just as you're talking, angel cards are coming up. And I know you teach about yeah. angel readings. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I think is quite easy for people to do to connect with the angels you, yeah. through the angel cards and to get lovely messages as well from the angels. Yeah. Um, how do you work with angel cards? That's a really, yeah. <laughs> there I am again. Really good question. Um, what I do basically as I... I'll always call in the angels first. So normally I'd recommend you do a little um, meditation with the angels first. And to work with the angels, so, so simple. They love you calling them in. I'd always suggest maybe there's an archangel, say Michael. Michael would be the archangel of protection. Also a brilliant, brilliant healing archangel, particularly if there's been a lot of stress in your life or there's a lot going on and maybe you're feeling overwhelmed or overly anxious, Michael's the archangel to call in. Or if there's conflict, really, really good archangel. And you call Michael three times. This is um, three being the universal number very protective number and when something is called upon or invoked three times you can be assured that's the angel that will come in beside you so call him three times give the archangel maybe 10 or 15 seconds to connect with you spend a few minutes with your eyes closed and um, just breathing and knowing with each breath that you take you're breathing in really gorgeous angelic light and as you breathe out you're breathing out any stress or worry any tension or anything at all that's not at peace 
And you can hold your cards as you're doing this, the deck of cards, you can hold them in your hands as you're doing this. Um, from the time you've called Michael in to the meditation, and it's kind of important you do the meditation because a lot of the times people pick up the cards, they don't do anything other than pick the cards up, shuffle them, and all you're doing is you're reading your fear, you're reading stress, you're not, although the, the guidance may be brilliant, um, you're giving yourself a better chance to make a really strong connection with the angelic light, and let them really work through you with this. So after the five minutes, maybe take the cards, hold them, and just consider what it is that you would like guidance on. And the thing I love about angel cards is the messages are always positive. So regardless of what's happening in your life or what scenario you're facing, or maybe if you don't know what next step to take, the guidance will always be the steps to take for the highest outcome, for the best possible outcome. And that's what you want. Yeah. Um, so spending a minute or two considering what it is that you'd like guidance on. And then just allow yourself to shuffle the cards and choose a card, maybe. And the cards that jump out when you're shuffling them, they're quite important. So keep them to the side as well. Um, and then choose um, how many you like. Some people choose one card. I, I like to choose one card in the morning, actually. And just the card for the day ahead. Some people will choose three cards, past, present, and future. There's lots of different layouts. And I could, I could spend all day talking about them. Um, and you do teach about this I as do, well. I yeah. do. I do. So Thank if you. people are interested in learning more, Debbie has whole courses about this where you can learn to <laughs> yeah, uh, read angel cards. But it's just to get a taste of yeah. what people can do. And I love your point about how if you just pick the cards up and shuffle them and you're immersed in fear, oh, yeah. that that or can anger. affect the reading because... Yeah we don't realize that we're coming at it from the perspective of fear. Mm -hmm. So we may read the card through that perspective yeah. and not get as much as we could from it mm -hmm. had we be coming from maybe a more relaxed and more peaceful exactly. place. Yeah. And you've given permission for, to the angels to come in and support you, Archangel Michael or Raphael, the healer, Samuel, the angel of love, whoever you feel drawn to call them three times or call them all in. Um, and you've given them permission, so they're anchored right in beside you there. And, and that's brilliant because you can trust. And sometimes you sit down for two or for five minutes of that meditation and find you're actually there a lot longer, or you just feel that you want to stay there because they're brilliant. When you call the angels in when you're doing meditation, they actually bring really gorgeous healing light. You'll often get an angelic healing just by sitting with them in your meditation. And that's really lovely. And another side point in the cards is when you pick the card over, sometimes there's words. Um, or a little message, and there's always a picture, or normally a picture. I would say, don't look at the words. Look at the picture. What does the picture tell you? What colors jump out at you? What gesture is, is the angel making in the picture? What's happening in the picture? And try and read the picture as much as you read the words. But look at the picture initially, and, see, and, and just trust in what you feel inside as you look at the picture, whatever loving words come to mind. And just remember, the angels will only ever communicate with love, They'll encourage you. They'll support you. They will never, ever be unkind. They'll never tell you what to do. They'll never judge you. So if ever you hear thoughts that are judgmental or that are negative, disregard them as ego. That is not the angel. They will never communicate with you in that way. It's always through love. So just to remember that as well. That's a really good point. And I love that process that you describe of just looking at the picture, seeing what comes up, seeing if any words come up, because I think sometimes people think they have to be psychic in order mm. to read angel cards. And they think, well, I don't have that ability or I can't do that. But it's not the case, as you no, say. No. And anybody can do it. Anybody. And what you'll find, and this is a thing I love, this is what really what happened to me initially. And then 
for so many people that have that have done the cards with, they find this happens. The same card or a similar card comes up time and time again. And the angels are saying, take note. There's a particular message they're trying to convey to you. It could be you're in a particular period of your life. It could be that the answer that you're asking for is here. Take note of it. Whatever it is, they're really trying hard to, to get your attention. Yeah, and I used to find when the same card would keep coming up, I'd be like, oh, I know this already. What is this going yeah. on? Yeah, yeah. And of course, the angels are like, well, you might know it, but you haven't integrated <laughs> You're not it. listening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you talked about those breathing practices earlier that yes. you first started. Um, can you explain a little bit about what you did or even Absolutely. one of the practices? Yeah, yeah. Um, the one I did at the very, very beginning, this I didn't know anything about angels or anything. Just to say that at the very beginning, I was just a very stressful person looking for help and looking to let go of stress. Um, and what I did was I sat up. What I do is I sit in my bed, but if you find a comfortable chair, somewhere that you feel that you're not going to be disturbed if possible, although so I know people that meditate at lunchtime in the showers in their workplace, do you know, or sitting at their desk. Um, I personally sit in my bed because it's cozy, warm. And another side note uh, would be a water bottle. Now, not for everybody, not for this practice, but if you want to meditate for long periods of time, have a hot water bottle. It keeps nice and cozy. Sometimes I get cold. That's a great point. Yeah, yeah. no, but it can get quite cold. But I'm going off the topic again. So for the breathing exercises, sit quietly or sit, sit somewhere comfortable. Uh, don't cross your legs and arms because that, that would be quite important because the energy channels, if you can help it, I mean, some people want to sit in the lotus flower position and that's fine if that's what you want to do, but I never did. I just sat with my legs straight out and just relax, put your hands facing up or facing down, whichever you'd like. Close your eyes and take long, slow, deep breaths, breathing them right in. And as you breathe out, just give yourself permission to let go of any stress or tension. Try not to think. And there I was saying, even if you just don't even think of letting go of stress or tension, just, just try and relax. Now you'll find your thoughts are going to hound you initially. They're going to come out of nowhere. They're going to come at you. And that's okay. If they come into your mind, try and observe them. But don't engage with them if you can help it. And it's not going to, they will come at you, so that's okay. Something I recommend, though, since subsequently, is to do this practice. And although you're going to be thinking slightly, it does help, and it does, particularly if you find that the last thing you can do is close your eyes and sit and relax because you just are, you have too much going on. Think of a color that you find really a supportive or protective color, a healing color. And sometimes you'll see this color in your mind during this, the breathing exercises. Sometimes you won't. It just depends. And imagine the color building up above your head and breathing it right down into your body, into the center of your body. And eventually down into your, with each breath down into your toes. And you're breathing in that peace or that healing or that calm or that protection or whatever it is. And as you breathe out, you're breathing out the pain or suffering or anxiety or stress. And those thoughts. And you do it slowly, really slowly. So you're breathing in, really beautiful light in, right down into the bottom of your toes. And then you're breathing out any stress, any heaviness, anything that needs to be released from the body. And that really works. Yeah, it's lovely. And it's one of those things that it's so simple, mm. but it's so powerful. Yeah. And we, I always say, we always have our breath. It's always with us. And it's something that we can always turn to, just focusing on the breath and just spending a moment. And I, I love to take breathing breaks. 
where I'll be going through I my day that. and I'll have a minute where I'll take three deep breaths and it actually takes less than a minute, but I'll just stop everything. I'll stand still or I'll sit down. I'll do three deep mindful breaths and then I'll go about my day again. Yeah. And it's literally like 60 seconds, probably less. And I find that that just makes all the difference because it's like a, a reset. Yeah. And then you can like go about what you're doing, but just from a calmer place. Yes. Um, so this is brilliant. I love all of these tips and I'm sure people listening are getting great tips as well. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about? Is there anything else that you'd like to add um, that could benefit anyone or... Is it mainly start with meditation and go from there? Well, yeah. Um, basically, I would say persistence. And that would be the key word. If you're choosing to follow the path of meditation, if you'd like to develop it, um, try and make it a part or a passion. Persist. It's not always going to be easy. In fact, at the beginning, it's like blowing up a balloon. You know that the first few puffs and you're trying to get the balloon to go up and then it goes up. Uh, it's a bit like that. At the very beginning, every reason in the world not to meditate will come in. You'll have, you want to clean your room. You'll want to clean your desk. You'll want to do everything but sit there. And that's perfectly normal. I was like that with homework as well. <laughs> but I would just, just persist. It's so, the benefits of it outnumber the, the, part of you that is resisting it so believe me for me it transformed my life profoundly and very powerfully I went from being in a very very um very very stressed person in, in a very stressful job to um to setting up my own business and, and to following my heart and to doing what I always wanted to do and that's what it will do it will lead you to where you're meant to be no matter where that might be, um, it'll lead you to your heart's desire. So persist, don't give up. It's worthy and it's worth, and you're worth it. So do listen to yourself and do push yourself um, because as I said, it's so, so worth it. Yeah, it's a great point because that's probably one of the hardest things about meditation is setting up the habit yeah. of meditating. And then once that's kind of in place, then everything else starts to kind of get a little bit easier. And I always say to people as well, you don't have to sit for an hour. You don't have no. to even sit for 20 minutes. If you can do five minutes, if you can do two minutes, yeah. you know, and I as well tell people, if you're in a queue, if you're queuing for a cup of coffee, use that couple of minutes in the queue to do mindful breathing. Or if you're sitting at traffic lights, obviously don't close your eyes, but <laughs> use that couple of minutes yeah. just to breathe mindfully. Yeah. And you can incorporate it into your life without having to do anything different and yeah then you'll begin to love it so much that you'll spend hours oh <laughs> you crave it you'll know because your body will tell you you'll start to feel the need to meditate you'll be like oh god and um, because your your body just needs to sit down for a few moments it needs to, to process something that's happening or just to rest and don't worry this is another side note if you fall asleep and i forgot to mention this if you decide you're meditating you sit down the next thing you fall asleep God Almighty, I'm asleep. That's perfectly okay. Remember, the, one of the most important things is you're giving yourself time every day for you. Um, and we don't do that. But we, we're so busy doing everything else for everybody else a lot of the time that we don't ever give ourselves that time. So in that time, if your body says, do you know what? I'm exhausted. I affect meditation. I'm going to sleep now. That's okay. That's okay. Do not beat yourself up. That's, you've, you've allocated the time. The main thing is you've given yourself that time and you won't fall asleep every single time, but sometimes you will. Don't discount that time. Continue it the next day, the same, the next day. You will eventually 
you, you'll begin to, to be more in tune with the meditation. Yeah, great point. And I want to mention your website. So mm-hmm. people are looking for you, they'll find you at um, angelic, www.angelicconnections.ie. And I'll put a link to it as well, but I just wanted to mention it. And I highly recommend, even if you don't go to um, Debbie for a healing, if you go to one of her courses, um, she does weekly meditations as well. So you don't have to commit to anything long term. You can just go and sample uh, one of the meditation classes and um, it's definitely worth trying out. So, so lovely to have you and thank, thank you so you much. And it's been a pleasure. Thank you.